1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of Rapid Reactions brought to you by Byers Auto. And it is another Ohio State blowout. 56 to seven Ohio State over Michigan State was the final on Saturday, senior day in the horseshoe. And it was over pretty quickly. It was 49 to nothing at halftime. Seven straight touchdowns to start the game for the Buckeyes. Six of them through the air from CJ Stroud. Uh, I would have to say that's a Heisman Trophy caliber performance, uh, the starting defense, pitching a shutout, uh, removing Kenneth Walker III from that equation as a Heisman Trophy wow. candidate in all, yeah. for all intents and purposes, and setting up an absolutely huge one. Uh, next week, the game, the rivalry, we'll get to that, of course, in the days ahead, but right now, Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, and me, Austin Ward, we're talking about what happened in here today, which is about the most impressive performance that you can possibly put on the field.
2: Yeah, that was a fully armed and operational battle station uh, that Ohio State put on the field in the first half. I just don't know what else to say about the way that C.J. Stroud and these receivers are playing. It's a level that we've never seen in my lifetime at Ohio State, (laughs) certainly not. And, it, and yours or yours cuz you guys are younger Tim
3: that nah, no
2: i mean it, it's Nothing. flat out insane and it, it's not even just that they're putting up big numbers all three guys had 100 yards for second time this season second time in school history um, <laughs> it's it's that they're just so wide open every play there's no one around them and it, and i guess to me what makes it even more impressive what CJ Stroud does is that on the occasional play where there is coverage like the touchdown he threw to Chris Olave in the se- in the second quarter first quarter yeah, like to make that throw when you don't ever have coverage, is really impressive. Yes. because it's just like you, he there's he has the look of a of a pole assassin right now.
4: Every week,
2: what a, kind of look is that? Wow! <laughs> oh, you saw it today.
4: <laughs> there goes Jerry Amick. Every week, a couple of his throws go into tighter and tighter windows, and that shows the confidence that he's continuing to grow. But. I want to make this about the whole entire team. That defense played as well as you're possibly going to see an Ohio State defense play today. To shut Kenneth Walker down to, I think, 25 yards, and 15 of them came on one carry on the second drive of the game. Yeah, It's absolutely remarkable what they were able to do, and if it's any sign of what's to come and what this def- run defense can be, Michigan's going to have a very, very long day next week. because. That was about as impressive as you can possibly be against the Heisman Trophy candidate running back.
1: And you know what helps the best defense to shut down a running back like that? Is being up 35 to nothing. Absolutely. He got six carries, Even like 21. And that's what people may say, oh, well, I don't know. You know, They just, Kenneth Walker didn't do anything because he didn't get the football. We saw some national pundits weighing in on that during the game. Well, you can't run the ball against this team that's scoring every time they go on the field.
4: And yeah. then beyond that, the pass defense showed you know, remarkable growth. Peyton Thornton was 8 of 26 at the half. I don't care what he did after his 49-nothing. <laughs> Who cares? Nobody cares. And Peyton Thornton doesn't even care. And so, uh, to have that kind of performance, Zach Harrison getting his, his hands on every football imaginable it seemed like, right. every pass he was throwing it seemed like it was batted down by one of those guys. The, the pass rush was great. The interior pressure was great from Haskell Garrett, like I said, like I said it would be. Yeah, and like the, the back end played well. Don't strain uh, yourself. Denzel Burke had the Denzel Burke had the pass breakup that really I think sealed the way this game was going to go. Maybe if they convert that, it's, maybe it's a different story. But just a, a dominant performance. I don't know how they could have played better.
3: Yeah, I used to hope his shoulders okay after that because he did go back in the game, but you know they didn't play him much in the second. Well, obviously not at all. But what I'm going to get to is this was as complete a game as Ohio State has played. I'm talking about against a credible opponent in a long time. That's where Ryan Day has to feel really good coming out of this. Two straight games they've gone over 600 yards of offense. Uh, two straight games they've gone over 50 points. Legit 50 points. Could have been more, but uh, the dogs they did, did put points back in the last kennel. two
2: weeks in the first half.
3: Exactly. I mean, C.J. Stroud could have had the game of games of quarterbacks uh, if if uh, if a Ryan Day had so ordained it. But instead they get uh, Cal McCord in there and blah blah blah. And we watched. What was like watching a melting glacier there in the second half, uh, kind of tough to watch. But uh, this was as impressive as it gets, in my opinion.
1: Well, I think that that's a a very good point, Tim, because we're not talking about a complete performance against Rutgers or Maryland or any of the stuff where early in the season we're seeing. You can see improvement, but take into account the level of competition. This was the number seven team in the country. Now, that's according to the College Football Playoff Selection Committee, which has its flaws, Yeah, Um, but this this team – came from behind to beat Michigan. So I know that they are probably slightly overrated. But they won those games. And Ohio State took them seriously. Yeah. And that's, I think, what makes it more impressive. Because when it goes down in the record books, it will say number four against number seven. Yep. And number four won by 49 points. and could yeah. have won by
2: as many as they wanted to. Obviously, Michigan State's whole goal today was to not get one dimensional and to make sure that they could mix up the run, mix in the pass. Coming into the game without Jalen Naylor, put them in a, in a bad spot. Uh, Reed Jaden Reed hurt himself at the end of the first half, didn't play in the second half, was in a boot. Kenneth Walker was gimping around. Yeah, yeah. Xavier Henderson had to leave the game. He had a shoulder issue. Like well, the Buc- Jeremy Rucker buried him yeah. in under the dirt. The Buckeyes yeah, I mean, Buc- Buc- physically beat impressive. them up. The Buckeyes beat them up physically, and I don't think Michigan State was expecting that. I think that's sort of one of the things about Ohio State that continues to impress me is I really think this is a team that can win in a whole bunch of different styles, and I, I know we get all locked into the passing yards and the, you know, the, the glitz and glamour of that wide receiver group, but I really think the Buckeyes are a much tougher team than people give them credit for. I mean, it started, first play of the game, Travion Henderson tried to get in a fight with Jacob <laughs> Panishuk from Michigan State. I don't know exactly what happened, but like, that was a, a wake-up call. When you combine that with Haskell Garrett's fiery speech uh, at the skull, sh- skull session, you could tell the Buckeyes came into this one with their hair on fire.
4: Yeah, and and that's not going to stop. I mean, look who's next on the schedule. So The the (laughs) momentum, uh, they call them that team up
1: north. Oh, okay.
4: But the momentum is just going to carry in from this game because the thing that I think I might take away from this stadium the most from the entire day is the fact that every time we talk to Ryan after a game, you know, great win, want to thank the fans, uh, great atmosphere, glad to to have another Big Ten win. It's hard to win in the Big Ten. No, none of that. Not today. It was... uh, Onto the team up north, he onto
1: said he was north. already thinking about them in the second oh, half. Which, no if you're up by 49 points, that's go ahead a little yeah. bit easier. And that's yeah. also playing into what Tim was talking about taking players out. Denzel Burke did not need to push it if he was close. Nope. If you had, that was a
2: scary moment. Uh, I'm telling you what, <laughs> oh, yeah. it did look. T- it looked <laughs> pretty. He nice. Was he was came on st- the bench
1: and he was going yeah. like this. I go okay. He came straight over and and he did go back in the game. We'll make yes. that point. But you know the the fact that you didn't have to stress about Michigan State again, a number seven ranked top ten opponent. Uh, Playing, it had championship aspirations of its own, yeah. and then you got to pull pull a bunch of guys out and get ready. I mean, think about Thayer Munford. Uh, obviously, it's his senior day, but he's been banged up throughout the year. We've talked about that with Paris Johnson. Haskell Garrett as also, you know, these guys that they got a rare opportunity in a meaningful game before the most important one on their schedule, where they got an afternoon off. Like yeah. they weren't playing a MAC team out here, and they still got to spend the entire second half getting ready for next Saturday in the Big House.
3: truly come of age as a football team in my opinion except Noel Ruggles misses his first field goal yeah. or pat attempt. How ever.
2: predictable e- was that?
3: Exactly, exactly. The first second half like I said was not, you know, to re- be remembered. But but past that, the offense took care of business and CJ Stroud took that huge leap up in the Heisman trophy race and then the defense took care of business and took care of maybe his closest competitor at least coming into the game. Maybe it's Bryce Young now from Alabama. We'll see as this day unfolds, because we're we're here in mid-afternoon uh, after this game. But uh, it's remarkable. Which what Division 2
2: school is Alabama playing today? Yeah, they're know? playing
3: Arkansas. Oh. Uh, so
2: they've already played. Oh, they already, already played New Mexico they're, State they're, and Mercer. They already had their Georgia cupcakes. did theirs
3: oh, Yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm Yeah, yeah. Normally, but, the, but the bottom you know line, I mean. but just this was a remarkable afternoon in a lot of ways. And like uh, Austin was talking about a while ago, I mean, it just sets up this ridiculous, you know, Winner moves on to the Big Ten Championship game next week, and it's
1: it's going to be cool. Today sealed C.J. Stroud's invitation to yeah. New York. There's no way that he's not going to be in the top <laughs> three, top four candidates. And it's it's a little bit bizarre because the national sh- shift now has been, well, could he do this without Garrett Wilson? Could he do this without Chris Olave, Jackson Smith and Jigga, Travion Henderson? I wasn't listening to the broadcast, but I guess it was suggested that uh, Bryce Young is doing it with a lot less talent around him which is a crazy wow. thing to say out loud. Wow. When you're comparing Alabama and Ohio State's rosters, but wow. I know do know that I watch this team every single week and CJ Stroud is blessed with incredible gifts. But the throws that he's making even when they're co- even when they're covered that Spencer's talking about tight windows when they're wide open it's not like Garrett Wilson got to the 20 and had to turn around and wait for the ball nope. to show up. That ball was also on the money. The so Olave. That was my, that was my favorite throw of the day.
4: Let's not forget though. On that throw to Chris Olave where he had to, you know, look look well, however which many directions to the catch it. Down down in here. CJ Stroud got destroyed on that okay. day. And there was a moment in my head where in week 2 and week 3, I think CJ Stroud may stay on the turf for a couple seconds after that and and really think about what he had just what had just happened to him. He stayed down, but think about what you're <laughs> talking.
3: Young he man, sta-
4: he stayed down today, but it was because he was looking and seeing if Chris Olave caught it. And when he popped up, he didn't move the shoulder. He didn't, uh, you know, uh, you when know, he hit his, hand, his hands pants, on his yeah. knees, you know, check whatever. He was like, okay, let's let's get to the next play. And Tough. there's a certain uh, level of toughness that comes with what he's doing right.
1: And now. that's, you know, that's a fair point and part of it. The overall growth and transformation from. You know, start number one of his career or two Ugh, now. But crazy. if you're debating the other candidates and you want to give more credit to Garrett Wilson, I have no problem with that. You want to give more credit to Travion Henderson and Chris Olave? Sure, that's cool too. But the Heisman Trophy is almost always going to go to the leader of the best team and the best offense. And right now,
2: hmm. that is C.J. Stroud. Yep, 27 of 29. For 442, four, how many yards are that?
4: 29 of 31.
2: But in the first half, 27 of uh, 29. I think it was two. Six touchdowns. Uh, it was three,
4: 393. Yep,
2: yeah, Three something. And
4: 393. <laughs> 393. at half I, I should have brought that I notes. do wonder,
2: yeah. how many first-round pick wide receivers did Joe Burrow have in 2019 when he won the Husband? Well,
1: again, I made that point as well. Like, that's the Joe Burrow plan. Like, you're throwing to wide open receivers yeah. who are really good. You don't hold that against the quarterback. You, no.
2: You still have to make it run. And if you just look at the numbers on the season, I mean, I don't, we can compare CJ to Bryce Young or to Matt Corral or pick your quarterback around the country that you want to hype up, Kenny Pickett, for Pete's sake. Um, <laughs> you know, there are people. Uh, CJ Stroud didn't play against Akron. You could add another 500 Correct. yards and, and seven touchdowns, touchdowns yeah. against Akron that he In didn't get. The first get. quarter. And, and, and again, none of those things matter as the Buckeyes head into. The game week, but let's. It, we all have sat here and watched for the first four weeks of the season people take a lot of shots at CJ Shroud, and it is time to take them back and publicly apologize if you're one of the people doing it.
3: Let me make one other <laughs> one point too. Uh, people saw history again today in Ohio State. Uh, Chris Olave caught his 34th and 35th touchdown passes as a Buckeye, the most by any Buckeye ever. Passes David Boston like he's not even playing anymore, which he's not. Poor David Boston. The last couple of weeks, it's you know, r- with stretch. the Jackson Smith and Jigbas 15 catch day, but the most in Ohio State. People are witnessing historical moments and days here in Ohio State football, and and I'm not sure some are still appreciating what they're seeing.
4: And next week, if Chris Olave does what he did, what he does to Michigan, we'll just you know if he has a, a um, standard day at the office against Michigan, and Garrett Wilson has. I think 11 yards or something like that. They're gonna have three guys over 1,000 yards each. And that's only happened five other times in program history, they've been playing the game since I think the McKinley administration. And for that to... Well, I don't know when that well is. Well before that, For For everything that they're... For everything, well before that. <laughs> I'm a history guy. Okay? Oh, okay. For everything that they're doing you yeah, know, be, you to might be improve, right. to have those kind of numbers, <laughs> and still be able to look at the quarterback and say, he's helping them do that. You know, it's not just those guys are super talented. He's making those plays. Like, you know, he was asked a couple times about the way he was looking off safeties, the way he was, you know, baiting safeties into going this way so he can throw here. Like, that's not stuff that wide receivers do at all. And they can feel when he's looking off those guys to get them the ball. But
3: but Ryan Day and Brian Hartline and that offensive staff are are making a lot of that
2: happen too. I mean, their schemes, Phenomenal. Their scheming is off the chart right now. You know why I love and hate sports, because if the Buckeyes don't win next week, none of this stuff matters. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to get caught up in, in what we see today, but it, like, you do have to turn around and immediately turn the focus. To Live Michigan. the moment, though, man. And, and you know, I thought it was Ryan Day was talking about how he on the sideline today was thinking about it in the second half. Chris Olave said, "We're going to celebrate tonight, like th- especially the seniors. These guys have earned the opportunity to." Take a moment and reflect on what they've done here. And to guys like Olave who brought up the fact that he was the lowest rated guy in his recruiting class, yeah. like to, to leave here and play his final game in Ohio Stadium and breaking records out the door, it's just its why you just love sports. Yeah, it's why I
1: love sports. It yeah. was a special day for Ohio State, a huge win, 56-7. to 7. It is setting the table for an even bigger week next week in the big house. The game is here. Of course, we're going to have full coverage of that starting right now and moving forward at lettermonroe.com. This has been Rapid Reaction this is brought to you by Byers Auto. That's Spencer Holrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, and I am Austin Ward. This is going to put a bow on everything from the horseshoe this season. They're going to close it up, going to put some new turf in here, uh, maybe spruce up this place. They're already taking down some of the decorations and getting ready for next season. Buckeyes, on the road uh, for the game next week. We will be there. Stay with us at lettermanroad.com.